It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's show is also brought to you by Bombas. Bombas are the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. Plus, for every Bombas purchase, they donate a pair to someone in need. What could be better than giving someone else new socks? That new sock feeling, it's the best. Find out more about what feet daydream about at bombas.com slash locked today and get 20% off at bombas.com slash locked. Locked. All right, today, let's start with what I think is an important discussion as we go through the training camp process because as every team puts together its 53-man roster, Ted Thompson was someone who prioritized on the margins players who could help on special teams. And that was intuitive, right? I mean, you you want, if a player's not going to play, he's got to be able to play on special teams. Great. That makes so much sense. Except for most of the Ted Thompson tenure, the special teams was a disaster. A disaster. Now, part of that is Ron Zook's fault, but the problems preceded Ron Zook. Uh, I mean, no one has to be reminded about the debacles of special teams uh, pre and then now post Ron Zook. Now, it looks like there's going to be year two leaps from the, the special teamers that the Packers drafted last year. You generally don't want to draft special teamers, but Green Bay did. And it looks like Hunter Bradley and J.K. Scott have improved as a battery and that that punting unit is going to be much better. The punts, I mean, I know punter Twitter, I don't, I don't roll super deep on that, but I mean, we're talking about 60-yard punts in training camp. The, the leg there is serious business. But the discussion around fringe players and their role on this team becomes more important the further along training camp gets. James Crawford was a player who last year joins the roster late and won preseason game, the last preseason game, in what I think is a pretty rare move, uh, earns himself a spot by being a special teams standout. Now, this season... Crawford is getting legit inside linebacker two reps and is is showing you know some potential to be an actual defensive player. Special teams is the way a lot of young players have to make football teams. The question when you're building a roster should be, can this player now or in the future 
contribute on either offense or defense. I am not now, nor have I really ever been a fan of special teams only players. Now, I understand that that this could seem like, you know, I'm, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because I have for years also been critical of the Packers' inability to either find or effort to find um, a returner who strikes fear in the hearts of opponents. And, and maybe that is just sort of PTSD from covering a team that has faced guys like Devin Hester. Uh, but Green Bay really, you know, Micah Hyde had his run as a punt returner. But you go back to the heyday, you know, Desmond Howard, Alan Rossum, Roel Preston. I mean, there have been some really good returners on this team, and that has not been something Green Bay has had in a long time. The only players, special teams only, who I think are worth a roster spot, if you don't think they can give you something offensively or defensively, are virtuoso returners. Dante Hall, Devin Hester, these kinds of players. And look, Devin Hester is like the greatest ever. But how many other, I mean, Brian Mitchell, those are guys who are field tilters. They are game changers. Well, in the modern league where they have moved up the kickoffs so that there are way more touchbacks than there have ever been and where they have changed the rules yet again to outlaw blindside blocks and, and that is going to irrevocably change what happens on punt returns. A lot of punt returns, if you get a punt return for a touchdown, you either have to have really poor lane discipline from the kicking team or you need two or three generally pancake blindside blocks, blocks that had been legal that are just no longer legal. The league has done everything it can to subvert the role of special teams in the, today's game, specifically because... It is the part of the game that begets the most injuries. And it makes sense for a league that is is dealing with a, a stigma of injuries and, and a stigma of not caring, more importantly, about injuries, that they would say, okay, uh, we as a league are going to do everything we can to eliminate these plays. And and frankly, I, I applaud them for that because, look, Pat McAfee, great, great follow on Twitter. I think he's a really fun, interesting uh, NFL personality, media personality, just signed at ESPN. And, you know, I'm, I'm anxious to follow his career and see where he goes. I love the Rich Eisen punters are people too, which was spawned by Pat McAfee on his show. I, I don't care about the kicking game. I don't care. I just really don't care. And I think the game would be better if there were no kickers. That's just how I feel about it. Now, there would be fewer jobs because you don't need a long snapper. You don't need a kicker. And frankly, we can do away with punters too. Uh, get a quarterback in there that can pooch punt and I'm, I'm fine. Don't get into fourth and 24 and you're fine. If, if that's where we want to be, that's fine. I am, I am someone who believes strongly that holding roster spots for special teams only players is poor roster management it's just poor roster management and I got some pushback about this on on Twitter um and and, and the name that was brought up was Matthew Slater but you know because Matthew Slater uh he's a he's a gunner 
uh, special teams player and, you know, he's been to a bunch of Pro Bowls, seven Pro Bowls. And you say, okay, well, isn't, isn't he important? The Patriots think he's important. No. No. The only person who thinks Matthew Slater materially impacts the outcome of games is Matthew Slater. Okay? And it just it doesn't matter enough to me. The difference between Matthew Slater as a gunner and whoever else you want to put out there is just small. The, the only value that having a special teams only player provides you is you can take a player who is only going to play 12, 15, 18, max 20 snaps a game, and you're, you're not going to risk him being injured. But if you're taking you know wide receiver six, or you're taking cornerback six, and you're putting him out there as a gunner, you're really not risking very much when it comes to you know your roster and, and who's really playing in these games. But those players might be able to actually provide something for you in other facets of the game. Matthew Slater is not going to come on the field and catch passes from Tom Brady in a high-leverage situation. He's just not going to do that. Maybe he'll do it once, once, twice, max, and, and, and only because it's the Patriots. That guy in any other situation is not materially impacting games. So this leads us to a conversation about the Packers roster because there are players like this, right? And so we need to, we need to have a discussion. And, and this is something that, that the, the, the training camp process and the, and the preseason process is going to help bring us some clarity on but who are these players on the Packers who could make the team or, or on the bubble of the team who are really special teams only players? And what are their odds of making the roster? Well, we're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about Five Star Painting, a neighborly company. Five Star Painting is looking for new owners to join their growing team. Could this be a perfect opportunity for you? Are you driven? Do you have the heartbeat of an entrepreneur? If you're interested in running your own business, text five star, two words, but together, five star, F I V E S T A R, to 87000 right now to learn more. With five star painting, you'll be your own boss, pick your own territory, set your own hours, and live a better quality of life running a business you can be proud of. You'll have access to the best resources to help you scale your landscape business to meet your personal and professional goals. And you'll go home every day with the satisfaction of helping your customers enhance and maintain the beauty of their home. Every year, nearly a million customers are proudly served by one of Neighborly's 22 award-winning brands, some of which include Mosquito Joe, Molly Maid, Glass Doctor, and Mr. Rooter. I own my own business. Lockdown Packers is my business and I can tell you the ability to set your own schedule to decide when you're going to work and what you're going to work on is freeing. It is incredibly empowering. You could be doing this too. To learn more, text 5STAR, F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R to 87,000, 87 plus three zeros to learn more about how a five-star painting franchise can help you get to where you want to go faster than going it alone. 
The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one-two punch to keep your one-two punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. So the obvious player in this discussion is Trevor Davis. And Trevor Davis has shown more in OTAs and training camp so far as a receiver than as just a returner. If it were me, if I were in charge of the Packers, if I didn't think Trevor Davis could positively impact the offense if he had to play, he wouldn't make the team. That's just how I feel about it. And so to me... That has to impact the way you view your player cuts. So we talked about this a little bit yesterday when we were looking at the running back group. And and I continue to believe that there are four running backs and a fullback who are going to make this team. Although, you know, look, new coaching staff, uh, new regime, maybe they'll feel differently. You know, uh, I, I can't I can't say with any sort of certainty. Brian Kudigans didn't draft Jamal Williams. So if Dexter Williams looks like a better player... And we're, we have a long way to go to, to get to there. Maybe Jamal Williams is on the outside looking in. That, that is something that, that is going to play out over the next couple of weeks. Trevor Davis plays a position that is just not going to be as essential to the success of this offense as it has been in years past. Receiver talent was much more important under Mike McCarthy than it will be under Matt LaFleur. At least we think. If Matt LaFleur can be the version of the offense that he wants to be, then the play design will end up being able to do more of the work than the talent required in Matt, in Mike McCarthy's offense. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers have been able to successfully build an offense around Marquise Goodwin, who you know, was a good deep threat player in Buffalo, but was never this. And Kyle Shanahan developed him into something much more. Uh, Dante Pettis looks like he's going to have a breakout season. Uh, not not a first-round pick. Now, maybe he should have been a, a higher pick. Uh, talent was there, had some injury questions, and there's a lot of contributing factors here. But they ran a very successful offense last season with Nick Mullins and... 
really no other marquee franchise-level talent outside of George Kittle because the design of the offense is such that you can do that. If Matt LaFleur is the kind of Kyle Shanahan disciple we think he is, and that doesn't mean he has to be as good a coach as Kyle Shanahan, but the principles and the philosophies are similar. You know, even Aaron Rodgers said they were they were watching from the sideline against San Francisco last year going, man, this is really, really good stuff. And you know, when you can tell from the sideline, not even, not even with the benefit of all 22 or being in the booth, just from the sideline, we're just like, wow, this is good. This is smart. This is creative. That is what Matt LaFleur is going to try to bring to this offense. So do, do they need receiver talent in the same way that they used to. That's going to be a question of numbers, but it's also going to be a question of skill set. So Trevor Davis on a jet sweep, there's some potential there. Jet sweep action, just having him on the field. The illusion of the jet sweep has value. His speed getting down the field in this offense. There is a theoretical fit here. The question is about production, productivity. So, you know, someone someone asked me on Twitter um, yesterday, you know, could he be that deep threat in this offense that that gets some of those jet sweeps and, and has some creativity around his usage in the offense? And I said, could he? Yeah, he, he could, but we haven't seen it. He hasn't shown it. It is far from proven. There's no, there's no real evidence of it. We have... We have hints, we have inclinations, we have, we have preconceived notions based on what he has been in the league so far. And I don't know what that means moving forward because I look around this roster and I see other positions where I think, okay, Kadar Holman, he's getting reps with the ones with Josh Jackson out. He's rotating in at least. That means something. Mike Patton ha- has has demarcated him as someone who's going to make this roster as of right now. Now, injuries can sort these things out, but you've already got a deep cornerback group. Kevin King, Jair Alexander, Tremont Williams, Josh Jackson, Tony Brown. That's five already. You add Kadar Holman, that's six. Could they, could they need more than that? Maybe. Now, you can probably fit the rest of the guys on this roster, you know, given the talent levels on the practice squad, but, but six, uh, if, especially if they're going to play, those guys are more important. And I, I've made the case that running back is more important. Okay, you go to the offensive line. You can't wedge block on kickoffs. How many of these offensive linemen can you keep if you don't think they can play? Obviously, you want guys who, if they're backups and you need to put them in the game, can play. How many of those guys are on the roster currently? And how does positional versatility matter? Because if Billy Turner can play all these positions, what does that mean for guys like Lucas Patrick? What does that mean for Justin McCray? If you can't play tackle because Cole Madison, early returns on Cole Madison are pretty good. First padded practice in a long time for him after sitting out his rookie season, and he's looked pretty good. Elton Jenkins we know is going to make the team. Special team's not a question. Linebacker. Curtis Bolton right now, the Oklahoma linebacker who I talked about with Jason Hershorn early in the offseason process, running ahead of Ty Summers. 
okay, well, you know, we we heard in his rookie orientation, Ty Summer is going to be a difficult guy to cut. All right, well, he needs to be more than just a special teams player if that's going to be true. Now, I think Ty Summers is the kind of guy who in a preseason game, he's going to have a preseason game where even though he only plays a quarter and a half, is going to have like 12 tackles in a game. And you're going to go, okay, this guy's got to make the team. But then where does that leave you with who's contributing on special teams and who's contributing in the games? If you don't think he can actually play in an NFL game, he shouldn't be on the field. This goes back to the discussion we have on this show constantly. In in some ways, it is like the signature point that I make here. Every player on your roster that you draft is usually how I make the point. But in, in any instance that you want to use, you want the player who's going to maximally improve your team. You can find anyone to run down the field on a kickoff or on a punt, especially with the rules now. You're just not going to find players who impact the game in a serious and important way on special teams unless they're, they're ridiculously good returners. What you have to have is players who can play, who if there are injuries to three guys ahead of them can go on the field and play. Now the problem that most teams run into is there just aren't enough of those guys. There just aren't enough good players that you can field the 53-man roster with guys that you feel comfortable putting on the field. I look at this Green Bay team, and I don't see room for Trevor Davis. I just don't see room. And and part of the reason is because I think Green Bay is only going to keep five receivers. Uh, And if they keep six, it's going to be with a practice squad player. And I think they're going to keep a cadre of tight ends and a boatload of running backs. And they're going to be deep at corner and safety. What do they do with defensive line? This is an interesting question. And it's going to impact the future of guys like Trevor Davis, of guys like Ty Summers, of Curtis Bolton, of of these, these fringe players. We talked about Darren Hall yesterday. What if Darren Hall all of a sudden becomes a, a killer kick returner? And with those athletic abilities, you know, maybe he could. Uh, you know, what, what does that do for, for what happens with the Packers roster? How does that affect what happens with Trevor Davis? How does that affect what happens with the linebackers and the offensive line and the tight ends? All of these things trickle down. Now, to me, again, I'm not taking the special teams guy. I want everyone who can play. So if I'm stacking my board, if I'm Brian Gutekunst, and and Jason and Hershorn and I are going to do this in a month, where we're going to go through the team, and we're going to say, okay, who are the guys who are going to who's going to make the team? And I'm going to want all of the guys who, if they have to play, I would feel comfortable with them playing on the field. I don't care about special teams. I don't. I'm not going to apologize for that. I just don't. I don't care. And the examples are are too too numerous around the league of guys needing to play. Look at Green Bay the last few years. Injuries, injuries, injuries. If if you're playing your your seventh, eighth corner, 
and he's only on the field because he's a really good punt gunner, uh, how does that help your defense? It doesn't. And he's not really affecting. So this is a great example, right? The Packers have it. Jeff Janis. Jeff Janis was a Pro Bowl caliber gunner, a Pro Bowl caliber special teams player, defending kicks and defending punts. Awesome. All over the field. Can't play in the league. Can't play in the league because he can't get on the field as a receiver. I mean, he is there. there is not that big a difference between Matthew Slater and Jeff Janis in their ability to cover punts and kicks. There really isn't. One is a seven-time pro bowler. One can't stay in the league. One plays for the Patriots. One doesn't. This is one of those rare times where I don't think the Patriots have outsmarted the league. I think Bill Belichick just sort of thinks he can do whatever he wants. He likes Matthew Slater, and so he's going to stay on the team, and that's that. And, and look, I respect that. That's fine. If that's what the Patriots want to do, it's worked for them for a long time. If I were running a team, it's not what I would do. And, you know, that's fine too, at least in my opinion. And, uh, you know, this, this is my opinion. That's why I have a show. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been uh, complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, I'm going to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger, a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I'm going to be back tomorrow. Uh, Packers will be on the field today. Uh, Haven't had a chance to talk about it because we haven't seen it yet. By the time you're listening to this, maybe the Packers have practiced. Maybe stuff has happened. Maybe there's injury news to report. We'll get to all of that tomorrow. The training camp play-by-play will continue. Uh, and for some of you, that may feel like the beatings will continue until morale improves. And for others, you know, this is this is what you live for in training camp as you, you try and get the little fixes that you can get before the season actually starts, before football actually starts. But we're now only a couple days away from family night, which as I said, is the unofficial or maybe even the official start of the Packers season uh, as we move toward opening day. Week one, Chicago, uh, Green Bay, and the Bears fans, the chests are out. They're puffed. And, uh, you know, as I joked with Andy Herman the other day, if uh, if, if HaHa Clinton Dix makes a play to win that game, I may have to quit Twitter. But that is, that is neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, we're going to be back uh, the rest of this week and next week you know hopefully I have some interviews here to talk about what's going on in training camp and, and get some more insight into what's going on and, and next week we're going to be looking toward an actual game which means the fun starts the real fun begins in earnest in the preseason remember you can follow us uh, by subscribing 
That's the easiest way. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. You can also follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, we are going to take your questions this week, either either tomorrow or or Thursday. I haven't quite decided yet. It's going to depend on the quality of the questions and, and really, frankly, the mood I'm in uh, when I get those questions. So if you want to hit me up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. As training camp rolls on, you have, you absolutely have to stay Locked on Packers. for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.